forgot to mention our kids are up to something pretty cool today in, in kids' church. And any of the kids who are, who are here today know normally it's just through third grade, but any are welcome to go help pack uh, boxes. We're packing boxes for a ministry in Armenia called Project Agape. And Armenia is a country where um, they don't, because of the political climate there, they don't receive any outside aid from any other um, um, organizations, but the United Methodist Church, and specifically this conference, has a ministry there, and we pack shoeboxes, um, almost like Operation Christmas Child, uh, full of gifts, and they're packing those back there uh, right now to, for us to be able to, to send over to Armenia. So thank you to, to Jenny and our children's ministry and all the kids who are helping do that, um, do that this morning. We see things upside down. I don't know if you knew that. That's a scientific fact. The lens of our eyes casts an upside-down image on our retina, and then our brain actually turns that image, and, and it makes it appear right side up. We see things upside down, but our brains make them appear right side up. Jesus had a habit of turning things upside down. Or... Right side up, depending on how you look at it. The things that people thought about how the, word, the world works, the ways people were formed to interact with one another, notions about power, about status, about love, about holiness, about the law, all turned on their heads because of Jesus. And, and one of the primary ways that, that Jesus turned the world upside down so that people might be actually able to live right side up lives in the kingdom of God was to tell stories that we call parables. Now, over the next several weeks, we're going to be entering into some of Jesus' parables about the kingdom of God. In other words, the reign of God, the rule of God. Uh, on earth as it is in heaven, wherever God's will is done, wherever God's dream for God's creation is, is fully realized. We're going to hear how these parables of Jesus turned things upside down in proclaiming the good news of God's reign, God's movement in the world. And from the seemingly upside down world of the parables, we're invited to turn our lives right side up as they should be, let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that you would use it to transform our lives by the power of your Holy Spirit. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our scripture reading this morning uh, comes from the Gospel of Mark. Very short and sweet and to the point. This is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Listen for God's word. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news, saying, Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, it seems pretty clear from here what Jesus' main message was and what his ministry was about. Our scripture lesson was short, 
and to the point. At the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus comes into Galilee announcing God's good news. God's good news. Good news means that something is happening, and as a result of it happening, everything is different. Everything is going to be different. Like, good news, the baby is born, right? We just had a baby born. Um, the, the Stouts, congratulations to them. Good news, he got the job. Good news, she got the scholarship. And what was the good news that Jesus was proclaiming, that Jesus was announcing? Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Here comes God's kingdom. Jesus came preaching and enacting the kingdom of God. And as we said earlier, we're not talking about like a geographic territory, but God's movement, God's reign and rule in the world where God's will is done. This was the good news and the very essence of Jesus' ministry. This was and this still is the good news. God reigns. God reigns, and because of that, everything is supposed to be different. And Jesus was saying that God had come to reign and rule through himself. Through himself. And that the reign of God, God's kingdom would look very, very different. Would look very, very different from the ways of the world. Maybe even upside down. But Jesus says, change your hearts and your lives and trust this good news. That's what Jesus says. So the, the implication there is that if people are to see and imagine and live in light of God's present and comingly, coming seemingly upside down kingdom, if people are, are going to live in light of that good news, then they're going to have to change their hearts, their minds, their imaginations in order to notice and, and lean in to God's kingdom. We're going to have to change hearts, minds, lives, imaginations in a big way. I mean, we're talking dramatic reorientation here. Dramatic reorientation in order to notice and lean into God's movement. Think paradigm shift, right? Think a paradigm shift where... Uh, where one way of thinking and doing is replaced by a totally new way of thinking and doing. Like the paradigm shift that occurred when, uh, from thinking that, that the sun revolved around the earth to thinking that the earth revolved around the sun. It's that dramatic with Jesus' kingdom announcement, Jesus' kingdom message then and now. God reigns and that demands a paradigm shift. You change, we change our paradigm for how we imagine and live in the world. Change your heart, change your mind, change your imagination. And in order to bring about this dramatic paradigm shift, this dramatic reorientation, Jesus speaks to our hearts and to our minds and to our imaginations. When Jesus wanted to, to teach people about the kingdom of God, he, he didn't give them facts or bullet points. He told parables. You may not always remember a specific fact, but you're likely to remember a good story. We tolerate facts. We attend 
to stories. We're story-formed people. We become, in many ways, who we are because of the stories we listen to and the stories we tell ourselves and others. We have family stories. You know, the ones that get told at Christmas where somebody begins, I don't know if I've ever shared this before, and everybody's like, yes, you have. We have family stories. We have stories from, about the places that we, we live. We have stories that tell us what the supposed good life is and looks like and who are the supposed threats to that good life. Makes you wonder, right, what kind of stories the El Paso shooter had been absorbing, for example. Stories are how advertising works. Like good advertising isn't just presenting facts about a car. Good advertising tells an imagination and heart-captivating story about what the good life looks like with that product. So stories draw us in and they, and they leave a mark. So it's no wonder, right, that Jesus did most of his teaching in the form of short stories that we call parables. Why? Because stories have the power to change us. Jesus knew the stories that we had been telling ourselves. Jesus knew the stories we had been telling ourselves about the good life and about the world. He knew the stories that had been forming us to believe and to live like like power is best achieved through bullying and violence and control. That money can buy happiness. That big and fast are best. That there's not enough to go around, so better get yours. Serving is weakness. We humans have had our imaginations captured. Captured by stories that have formed us to live in the world this way. And we think that it's right side up. We think that it's right side up. These stories don't always carry good news. Especially the good news. They reflect the kingdom of the world. And Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom of of God, the good news of the kingdom of God. So the question is, how do you communicate? How do you communicate what the kingdom of God is like to people who are totally formed by and live in the kingdom of the world? You tell different stories. You tell different stories. You find a back window in. Christian uh, philosopher and thinker Soren Kierkegaard noted that direct communication, direct communication is great and, and important for conveying information, but learning is more than information, especially when people think they already understand or have already been formed a particular way. That's us. People set their defenses against direct communication and conform its message to the channels of their understanding of reality. Indirect communication finds a back way in, a back window, and confronts what we think is reality. That Jesus knew that in order for us to be reformed in the ways of the kingdom of God, in order to embrace the amazingly good news of God's reign, he had to find a back window in. Through stories that turned what we thought we knew about the world upside down 
so that we could embrace something totally new. In other words, Jesus' parables turn our world upside down so that we might embrace and live the kingdom of God right side up. Jesus' parables turn our world upside down so that we might embrace and live in the kingdom of God right side up. Like, what if Jesus had said, the kingdom of God is, is here, it's such good news, you're gonna, but you're going to have to change your heart and your life and, and, and your lives and step into it. And then he just proceeded to list, like, bullet points or facts about what defined or characterized the kingdom of God. Like, here are ten things that you should know about the kingdom of God. Number one, the last will be first and the first will be last. Number two, become rich by giving money away. Number three, love your enemies. Number four, the poor get the best seat at the table. Number five, real power is serving others. Number six, it's slow. Number seven, it's here but not yet fully here. Number eight, weakness is power. Number nine, defeat is victory. Number ten, outsiders are insiders. Okay, so who's ready to, to drastically change their lives and trust this? You see, facts don't change people's lives. Facts don't bring people into a new world and a new way of being. Facts don't touch our imaginations. Stories do. Stories do. I, I love this quote by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. I didn't take French, but that was pretty good. He says, if you want to build a ship and set sail, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity and beauty of the sea. Jesus would say, if you want to enlist people in the kingdom of God... Don't give them bullet points and facts. Captivate their imagination. Upset their preconceived notions by telling them stories about what the kingdom of God is like so that they long for it and want to change their hearts and lives to be a part of it. I think about just this week and two striking stories that did precisely this for me in the news. Stories that captured my imagination and forced me to take note of God's kingdom and say, am I leaning into that? One story was about a, a group of artists who installed pink seesaws on the border wall between Mexico and the United States so that children in Mexico and in the United States could play together. And I said to myself, my goodness, God's kingdom is like that. Or another story out of El Paso, Texas this week, where Antonio Bosco lost his only close family member, his wife, in the tragic shooting. And he decided just to invite the public to her funeral in the hopes that someone would come. 3,000 people, strangers, showed up at the visitation they had to change the venue for the funeral, and 700 strangers showed up to her funeral, along with hundreds upon hundreds of bouquets of flowers sent there from places as far away as Australia. And I said to myself, my goodness, that is God's kingdom. 
That's the good news. That's the good life that captures my imagination and my heart. That's a kingdom I want to be in and labor for. And this is precisely right what Jesus is after in parables where we're forced to imagine a different and strange new world where border walls are outdone by seesaws, where people forgive unconditionally, where boundaries of justice are broken, where the excluded and the neglected are heard and honored, where there is true peace, where all wrongs are righted. Jesus tells stories about what the kingdom of God is like. Instead of making a list of kingdom characteristics, Jesus tells a story about a farmer who scatters seed on different kinds of soil. He tells us a parable about a, a tiny mustard seed growing into a bush. He tells a story about a pearl of great price or a treasure buried in a field or, or two sons and, the, and the, different, uh, the different things they receive from their father. All of them demanding us to change our hearts and lives to see a kingdom of abundance in a world of scarcity, a kingdom of small and slow in a world of big and fast, a kingdom of surprise and unexpected in a world of control, a kingdom of grace in a world of fair. Jesus draws us in with familiarity. He draws us in with familiarity. Ordinary characters and and objects and settings. Fish, a farm, a field, a father. And then surprises us with a twist that we didn't see coming. A reversal of expectations, an upside down moment. And they contain in them then that challenge to convert, to reorient, to shift paradigms. And trust that good news. God's kingdom is here. He sold all that he had to buy the field. He ran to embrace the son who betrayed him. The servant who, who, who worked the shortest amount of time got paid the same as the one who started earlier in the day. The sower wasted all of that seed. What? That's the kingdom of God. Make yourself at home in it. We see things upside down. It's a scientific fact. But sometimes it's like we live upside down too. And in steps Jesus declaring, I've got the most amazing good news ever. God's kingdom is here. God's kingdom is here. Change your hearts and your lives. And Jesus invites us through these stories called parables to turn our lives right side up to live in the kingdom of God. In his parables, Jesus reimagined a world in which to live. And through the parables, his followers learned to live in that reimagined world. Over the next several weeks, as we explore and enter into some of these parables in our sermon series, may Jesus turn our world upside down so that we might actually live right side up. And may we 
trust and embrace better stories and may we embrace the good news that God reigns in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.